0: Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Mortz, and I'm joined by my celebrating host, Sado Dan. Dan, how you doing, buddy?
1: So happy, Terry. It's been a great week. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, look, it's been, it's been a week. Let's just, uh, well, I mean, it's been a great five days of just uh, celebrating Dale Finucane. Sharky goodness yeah absolute sharky goodness um before before we get into the backstory of dalphiukin and what he means uh what he means to the club as a signing and the kind of person he is um what was your initial reaction when we first got linked with delphiukin and then when we signed him?
1: first reaction when we linked to him was let's move heaven and earth to get him he's exactly the kind of player we need on and off the field excuse us that only intensified over the last few weeks as our middle has been torn to shreds by some pretty horrible sides, uh, and a real lack of leadership, to be honest. Then, when we signed him the other day, look, I, I thought it sounded like we were going to get pipped by the Tigers, so I had resigned myself to, to missing out, but I was a little bit a little bit nervous there. So when he uh, when he broke the news on, on Twitter, I was I was over the moon, mate. That is a, that is a supreme
0: signing. It is an absolute supreme signing. Now, um, I actually thought on Sunday morning um, before the news broke on the night before, all over my timeline was that Dal Finucane had agreed to go to the Tigers. Uh, not the Tigers, sorry, the Cowboys. And what had happened there is a Channel 7 um, reporter from Townsville spoke with Todd Payton, who said that he wanted Dale Finucane and his plan was to play Finucane and Tom Malolo as his props. And he gave that report as well to the NRL... Dot com because it, it You know It got released as an article Todd Payton's plan for Dale and She actually went on to Channel 7 And said Her gut feeling is It's a done deal And so this trickled all over um, Twitter that Dale had, had signed with the Cowboys And um, I went onto some Cowboys forums, the, the Stampede Forum and, and League Unlimited to see what I could dig up and and you know, no of their ITKs or any of their sources or anything, but they were just quoting this one girl who said it was her gut feel. Um So yeah, it was, you know, it was it was a, a bit of, you know, six of one half dozen of the other and then you hear that the West Tigers had had entered the the scene with a three year deal on you know eight hundred grand a year or something, and you know from what we understand is that Finucane wanted the four the fourth year, and that was more important to him the money, and and we offered up the fourth year, and the Dragons offered up the fourth year, and uh, Finucane picked picked the great man Fitzgibbon to to lead the era. Exactly right, mate. That's
1: that's two out of two signings that were arguably the most sought-after signings in the competition. You know, we, we went pretty hard at Adam Reynolds and we missed him, but there are only really two or three teams in that. No, I say two, fair dinkum, us and the, the Broncos. Uh, Nico Hines was chased by everyone, and I Ucombe was linked to six teams. And I have to believe it was more than six, or as any six that had the money available and could go for him. He would walk into arguably any side across, you know, the competition. So... For him to come out and say that he picked Cronulla because of the vision, because of Fitzgibbon, and actually turn down a, like, comparable deal for a year less at the Tigers just shows how much he's bought into Fitzgibbon and how much he's bought in into the Sharks. Like, there was every reason, like, that he could have taken the three-year deal at the Tigers. He it was about 200K less than now four years all up, mm. and then backed himself for a pinch-hitting year in England or something. But, you know, four years at Cronulla... Job done. You know, mate, in terms of signings, it maybe doesn't have
0: the name of the Reynolds or a Hines, but it's right up there. Yeah, look, you're absolutely spot on. Now, there's there's been some really, really significant players that have come off contract um, this year that, that have moved. And, you know, you have to – you know, Josh Adokar basically said he was only coming back to Sydney, and there were only a handful of teams at the time that could sign him. Uh, and he's gone to the board. He's gone to the Bulldogs. Matt Burton went for opportunity and to play under Trent Barrett, um, who he's very close with. I'd then say the next three biggest signings have been Adam Reynolds, Nico Hines, and Dale Finucane, and we've landed two out of three. And out of the players that I've just mentioned in terms of the Fox, Matt Burton, Adam Reynolds, Nico Hines, and Dale Finucane. The two that fit us the best are Nico Hines and Dal Finucane because we're trying to bring this culture shift to the Sharks. There's no nonsense, no bullshit, you know, and and we've signed them for, for, you know, not ridiculous overs. You know, we could have been paying nearly a million dollars a year for Adam Reynolds who went and got the the hottest young property on the market, and then when you talk about Dal Finucane – the fact that his fourth year that everyone laughed at is going to be for $340,000, it's an absolute steal.
1: It is a steal. Going back, going back to what you're talking about with the culture, every single player the Bulldogs have signed, except Matt Burden, comes with a rap sheet. You mm. know, some some far more serious than others, you know, Pango Jr. and Vaughn are monster names, but they're one night on the drink away from being unavailable for eight weeks. You know, O'Carr, you know, I would have had Adokar in a second, but... In terms of culture, he's the kind of guy that'll just disappear for weeks and be up on on guns charges. Like it's just you know it's it's kind of character. Is unfortunately, you know, all the other Bulldogs players are like that. I've never heard a single bad word about any of the blokes the Sharks have signed. The only thing I've heard negative on Finucane has come from people who look like they were going to sign him and have decided that they never wanted him now that he's signed Crona, which is absolute fucking horseshit. Yeah. Plus. We very well could have gone and offered Addo calf 700k to play on the wing. So what? We got two wingers that are more than, you know, up to first grade standard. We needed a half and two middle forwards that can tackle and that can lead us forward because we've got a lot of youngsters. And that's what we signed. And that, you know, McKinnis came out of nowhere. I didn't know it was happening until, a, you know, we're going to sign him came out. But these, these are the ones you sort of clinch and fingers crossed and hope for. You know, but I, I can't remember a year where we signed players that were in such high demand. Now going back to Maloney, no one wanted him to come to Cronulla. No, Luke Lewis was chased by us and the Tigers. Seems he always beat the Tigers. That's fun. No, Benny Barber came to us because he had no other other options. Same with Michael Ennis. This is fucking quality.
0: Yeah, this is this is huge. Now I did some googling on Dale Finucane and who the teams that were listed or linked with him, or wanted to have a conversation, and I found ten teams. Ten teams that wanted to have a chat with Dale and his manager, and that's the New Zealand Warriors, North Queensland Cowboys, the West Tigers, St. George of the War Dragons, Canterbury Bulldogs, his own team, the Melbourne Storm, wanted to keep him, the Newcastle Knights, Brisbane Broncos, and the Gold Coast Titans. Now, out of that, he had offers from the Gold Coast Titans, the Melbourne Storm, St. George of the War Dragons, the West Tigers, the Cowboys, and the Cronulla Sharks, and he picked us. Out of all of that, he picked us. Now, it's handy to know that he was interviewed by Brent Reid the next day from the Australian, and he said the, the thing that got him over the line, yes, obviously the fourth-year deal was the big part, but he talked – he went to Craig Bellamy and said, I'm leaving. I'm going back. It's about where my family wants to play and the type of footy that I want to play. And Bellamy said, you need to go and play under Craig Fitzgibbon. And all the – you know. He's gone and he said, Fitzy, you know, yes, he's a rookie coach, but he's the same kind of – he's got the same philosophy that I have, defensive orientated, good culture. And then Nico Hines, you know, comes out this week in a podcast with uh, Joel and Fletch and says that he was attracted to the vision that um, Fitzgibbon was creating and he's excited to play under a rookie coach with good raps who wants to build a culture for better footballers. So – you know, and then, Ke- like, we haven't heard from Ken McInnes in ages because he's got a bung knee, but he's, he's back at the club now training. But your two big signings are coming out saying, listen, we picked the Sharks because of this guy. And people still want to say that our board got it wrong.
1: No, well, Paul Gallen came out and said that the Sharks got it right in moving his very, very close mate, John Morrison. That says it all. When Craig Bellamy says to a player, go to Cronulla, which... You know, there's no love lost between us and the Storm If you offer up which teams hate the most You know, Storm and the Sharks are right up there For good reason For him to say, go play under Fitzgibbon And for Finucane to buy into that Is just, that's monstrous That's a culture shift That's not, like Paul Vaughan got offered Bulldogs Because no one else offered him a contract Pangoy Jr, same again They offered him 900k No other club was going near that prick For that kind of money Finucane picked us that is humongous. Plus, I, I, you know, who wouldn't want to play next to, you know, Nico Hines and, and Matt Moylan and Will Kennedy? You know, these young players. Or you go play next to, what, fucking Alex Twole? <laughs> Pfft, miss me with that bullshit.
0: Now, I've got, I've got an exclusive research article done here, ready to drop, on the reason that Dale Finucan picked us over the West Tigers. Can I guess? Go. They're really, really shit Very close Now, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the rundown here Dale Finucane debuted in 2012 And that year the Canterbury Bulldogs Were the minor premiers and lost the grand final The following year The Bulldogs, they finished 6th Bowed out in the finals The following year, in 2014, they finished 7th Made the grand final and lost In 2015, he joined the Melbourne Storm They finished 4th and lost the prelim 2016 Minor Premiers, lost the Grand Final. 2017, Minor Premiers win a Grand Final. 2018, they finished second and lost the Grand Final. 2019, they were Minor Premiers in the prelim. 2020, they were second and won the Grand Final. And at the moment, the storm are flogging everyone, say so, and they're coming first. So since his debut, he's never missed the finals. And since his debut, the Tigers have never made the finals. So there was no way Dale Finucane was going to the Tigers to give up his final streak. Rest my case.
1: I, I'm, I'm in. I, I buy into that
0: 100%. But that is an impressive, impressive resume since your debut.
1: It is, because there's always those, those seasons that they. And it's, it's not like he's, you know, ridden the coattails of good teams. He's the reason why they keep making the finals. And I, I heard that the Tigers were willing to offer more money than us, quite substantially. Him to say finals footy means more to me than money says everything about the kind of player he is. That's the kind of player we want. I, I made. I, I couldn't be more fucking happy. Honestly, this is great.
0: Yeah, look, uh, just you know, you and I have been talking about Fanuken and and what he means to the club, and you know what what the the culture shift is going to be like when when he when he gets here, and. You know, for him to just turn around and, and and be here. And someone's photoshopped him in our jersey and he just looks incredible. And you can just see the way that the club's going now. You know, him... We, we've made three signings so far. Dale Finuc and Nico Hines and Cameron McInnes. And they are just three sensational signings. Two
1: captains and the, the
0: young star. Yeah, two captains of our biggest rivals and a young star. Absolutely.
1: That's huge. We... We've been talking for uh, for a while about, you know, the kind of players we need. And the players we, we picked from the start were Nico Hines, Dale and Adam Reynolds. If you're going to pick one of the three to miss out of, Adam Reynolds for mine all day given he, given his age and injury history and the money was on. But going back to the culture shift, mate, Dal you know, he's an origin quality player. He's a leader. He knows how to win. It just He's, he's going to improve players around him too. Even in that fourth year, too, if he doesn't play most games for 320k, who cares? That is a rookie contract, like a good rookie contract.
0: Yeah. Now, people have come out and said it's a terrible uh, contract to be giving to a guy who you know absolutely batters his body and you know plays 80 minutes every week and puts himself through hell. He's come and play front row for us, so he's not going to play 80 minutes every every week. So. There's advantage number one. Now, I've gone back through to 2015 because that's all the app lets me go through. In 2015, he played 23 out of 27 games. 2016, he played 27 out of 28. 2017, he played 26 out of 28. 2018, he played 18 out of 27. You think, oh, you know, is he starting to get injured? No, 2019, he plays 26 out of 27. Last year, he played 15 out of 23 but did have a calf injury. This year he's played eleven out of eighteen games. Now I've gone back, he's missed a game through origin, he's missed a game with a calf injury, or two games with a calf injury, and he's been rested for one. So I couldn't find anything else on there, but that's still he's playing over fifty percent of his games and he's coming down to he's coming to us to reduce his minutes and increase his output. This it's an incredible no brainer signing, and anyone who turns in and says that fourth year to get him over the line was stupid. I throw my hands up, I can't help you.
1: Take the fourth year, mate. If you wanted five, you give him five. This is the bloke you get in and worry about it later. And he's not the kind of guy that's going to phone it in. You know, we have, he's proven that over the years. Going back to your your point before about the games, I dare say a fair few of those would have been origin and backup games because Greg Bellamy's shown that he will rest players, mainly because they have huge leads over the competition at certain points. But, you know, if he comes in and he plays 18 of 24 games next year, front row, that is like... Money well spent, absolute bargain. He'll be in the origin squad or thereabouts. Nico Hines will be in the squad somewhere. You know, you have to think he's gonna be the fourteen. Zappie Kerasau looks like he's gonna be suspended for being a fucking idiot. And I, I dare say Ken McInnes will get back into that squad too if he comes back and plays as well as he did pre, because he was in the squad last year. So three origin quality players, an origin quality coach, what's not to love? And these Fuckwits are throw out this, oh this fourth year, what might happen, blah 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 blah.
0: Now, since since 2015, Dale Finucane has been tackling at 94%, but he's been making over 33 tackles a game. Huge. Huge. His, his meters are a little bit down, but then you have to have a look. He's never been the meter-eater type of lock that a Paul Gallen or a Jake Turbo or a Tom Lolo is – and when he comes to us, he's not going to be asked to be that meter eating prop again. That's what your Talakai out on the edge and your Toby Rudolph. They're, you know, they're the types of players that are going to go and get your meters for you. And we've already shown off our kick return sets that we will happily let our wingers and centres get battered, you know, until we need our front rowers to go and, you know, make a turnover or force a drop out or whatever. So I think that Fanukin suits our team so well. And he he came out in his interview and they asked him you know, how are you going to coincide with Cam McInnes who signed to play lock And he said it doesn't matter if I play lock Or play front row I'm just there to play footy under fits Again he just, They didn't even ask him a question About the coach And he brought it back to I'll play lock I'll play front row under fits
1: that, That's everything you, know, you have to believe that if John Morris was there We're probably not talking about this this moment He played prop For New South Wales the other week on almost no notice because everything that happens. And he was, him Papali, Papali were the two best forwards on the park. I put Fanukin above him in my man of the match. I think, you know, Ponga and Ben Hunt were the best two players on the field. And I think Fanukin was number three. Certainly New South Wales' best player. Yeah,
0: 100, and like, 146 metres he made off, you know, and he was the 18th man. Yeah, yeah, he He was on. the initial yes. 18th man.
1: Shows his professionalism, mate. If he, he – you know, he doesn't need to get those big metres because that Melbourne pack, I mean, mm. no shortage of starts down there. And he's coming into a side that, you know, we don't struggle to make metres. We struggle to make tackles. And him and McInnes coming in, just – they just plug the middle so well. Oh, I love
0: it. Yeah, so at the at the end of, you know, next year, if you turn around and say – it wouldn't surprise me if you said that Dale Finucan had barely scraped 100 metres a match, but he's making 40 tackles and, and our entire ruck had been cleaned up between him and Cam McInnes and we were one of the best defensive teams in the competitions just because of those two signings. I wouldn't be surprised. At all.
1: Works for me, mate. You don't need those metres. You know, players have shown... You know, James Fisher-Harris isn't the sort of bloke that'll bust out 250 metres a game. but Every single club in the competition wants James Fisher-Harris. You know, Kenny Bromwich has never been that player either. But, you know, he's a bloke that every single person wants in their team. Vukin's yeah. that
0: guy. Now, we, we talk about some some project players at the Sharks because we're not really that far off from being, you know, like right now we're a 7th to 8th team, you know. We're not that far off from being a 5th to 8th team, you know, pushing that top four. And we talk about the project players like Talakai, like Toby Rudolph, um, like Teague Wilton, who are going to be made better under Fitz. But it's not just Fitz alone who's going to do it. And you can absolutely see why he's gone out and targeted Dale Finucane because he's going to turn around and say, hey, Dale, meet Toby. There you go. Hey, Cam. Mate. Hey, Cam. Meet all these guys here who can't tackle. Now they can tackle. Teach them how to tackle. Mate, I've I got to
1: say, going back to the weekend's result... Toby Rudolph's best game this year came at prop. I would be very, very, very shocked if he and Finucane aren't our run on props next year.
0: I still think we're a front row of short. Now, we've got, you know, Braden hamlin and Royce Hunt. They're the two props for me, you know, that come off your bench. You can probably only carry one of them every week. I, I would I would like to, you know, you've got Jack Williams who absolutely deserves his spot on the bench. You know, I still think we're a big bopper away, but I don't think... It doesn't sound like we're going to put the money into a front row. It sounds like if an outside back and a good quality outside back comes on the market that we're going to put all our investment into that. I've heard the Luke Brooks talks have died down now. It sounds like he might go to Canberra and we're going to invest our money into Braden Trindle. So... I think the remainder of our cap's going to be for a good outside back and then, you, you know, just go to New South Wales Cup. You see we got linked with um, Jake Gachewski from Manly and I think they're the types of players that we'll just pick up on one-year deals because you've got to remember next year as well, we've got two massive contracts coming off our books. Absolutely.
1: Money's there. We don't need to rush into signings. No. We're not going to win the premiership next year, but the next two or three years are so important. You know, yeah. and they, you mentioned the project players. Toby Rudolph in two years in the heats better. Talakai's gonna be better. Hamlin Ueli, you know, all the, all the back row. You know, you'd have to think Rami in would be at his peak by then. Fingers crossed. You stop thinking pencils. Will Kennedy, you know, another one who will come in. Nico Hines will have a full two or three pre-seasons in the halves. Like, there's no reason to rush in and sign a like a warrior Hargraves or a Clemmer for 800k next year. You know, but if a player of that quality but younger comes up in the next two years, like, we'll jump all over it. Mate, I'm all for the the outside back. I think our forward pack's pretty pretty good. I yeah. feel like, yeah, well, it's definitely a prop though.
0: Yeah, I, I feel I feel that, you know, if we are going to turn around and say, like, 2022 is going to be the learning curve under Fitz and for him to find out what being a first-grade coach is all about and for, you know, get Braden Trindle another year under his belt and for Nico Hines to play his first year Completely at the six, and to embed the culture, I, I definitely think that twenty three and twenty four are going to be, you know, the better years for us. Um, but geez, I'm just, I'm just, you know, you, you can't help but have a look at the recruitment that we've done and just think, you know, it's it's just come down to one person. It has,
1: yes, mate, and you know, I, you know, going back a couple months now, everything was negative about the club. You know, Look like we we're gonna re sign Chad and Johnson on big money and you know Dugan comes in and says oh, I want a million or half a million and you start to think we're just dumb enough to fucking give him that. Now it's just completely different outlook.
0: Yeah, and, and just go going back on, on the prop short, it wouldn't surprise me if we kept Aiden Tolman around for a year. You know too
1: far worse, mate.
0: Yeah, he, he is the kind of player that I think Fitz would want to keep around great for culture you know, just a hundred percent professionalism, and I never thought I'd say this, but and I hope he's not in our run on team, but we've got to be given the one year deal to Will Chambers. Yeah, There's
1: yeah. A, no, no problem
0: with that, mate. He he's our in our best two centers at the moment. Well, I don't Clear. think I don't think he is. I think our I think our centers next year will probably be Connor Tracy and and Jesse Ramming I think I think they're going to be our centers.
1: I still don't buy into the Conor Tracy at centre.
0: He's look, been very good. He's been very, very good at centre.
1: Mate, I love Conor Tracy. This year's been fantastic. And when he signed, I was his biggest fan. Like, mainly because I wanted Chad the fuck out of there. But I also thought Conor Tracy had un- untapped potential. If he if if he shows he's, he's up to it under fits, let's go for it. But I just, I feel that you plug him in at 14 and no matter what happens, Conor Tracy can fix it.
0: Yeah, I, I You see it's it there's the optimist in me that still says that we're going to put Connor Tracy at center and I still I still still believe in my heart of hearts that Connor Watson's going to turn up. Now I know that you know Newcastle are saying that they're meeting with him and how many meetings can you have with a guy? That is true. You know.
1: True. You know way
0: to track. We we've had one meeting with Connor Watson so far and the story came out that Watson was seriously considering signing with Fitzgibbon so yeah, look, I, I, I could see I could see Tracy being our center. I could see us signing Watson to either play thirteen and then moving Braley to the bench, or you know, we give Watson the contract he wants, but we say to him, "You're the Mister Fix It," and we let of Tracy develop as a center. Um, but yeah, either way, you know, I mean, this all changes if someone like a Zach Lomax, if those rumors are to be true, and we can you know throw ourselves in the hat. And try and try and make it another one that you know is there for Fitzy and what he has to say because you know we've still got some money.
1: Mate, if Zach Lomax comes on, you drop to your knees, you say how much you want, and you give it to him. He's the kind of player that could completely change the trajectory. He's a bit of a dickhead, is what I'm hearing, which is why these rumours have sort of started. I think he was the one out of the whole lot that was really pissed off he was dragged into this Dragons thing, this barbecue. So remember, he's the one that wouldn't sign. I know he's injured, but I, I get the feeling that he's not rushing to get back on the field for the Dragons. So, you know, I just, everyone's come out and said there's nothing to it. I haven't heard anything, to be totally honest. I've reached out and, you know, certain assistant coaches of the Dragons have ignored my DMs. But that's totally understandable. But if he, he's available, you sign him. I don't give a fuck what you have to do; you make that happen. But if that doesn't happen, you can do worse than Connor Tracy in the four, three or four.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, as you said about dickheads, it's a shame that Curtis Scott has turned himself into a massive, massive knob because he honestly plugs that left centre for us next year.
1: Talent wise, maybe he walks into the side or any side, but he just he can't do it. He
0: Yeah, just kicks ta- out. I
1: mean talent. tomorrow. Yeah. Fuck no,
0: out the window. Ta- talent wise, Curtis Scott not only walks into our back line but he strolls through it, like he has done numerous times. But Absolutely. he's just a catastrophic knobhead. Absolutely. So and, and, and we can't afford, you know, we, with these three players now, you can't afford to bring on the bad egg. But you know, I would I would have sacrificed it for, for Paul Vaughan, and I might I might sacrifice it on a cheaper deal for David Clemmer, but. Uh, there's just too much baggage with Curtis Scott.
1: Absolutely, and he he hasn't, you know, under Mel at Melbourne, he was one of the elite centers, but Canberra couldn't get anything out of him.
0: It's because so he's always drunk. Would. It's because he's always drunk. Like the stories that are coming out now about Curtis Scott is that he's turned up to games pissed, he's turned up to training pissed. Like, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but um, getting back to the big man, D Day, look. Sunday was just an absolute great day I had the hangover of all hangovers And uh, Wife went and got us a coffee And I just stared at it And I was just staring at this coffee And then my phone went off And I had a look And it was a DM that said We're announcing Finucane In about 20 minutes And I I just wrote back I was like Don't do this to me right now My head can't And then all of a sudden It was just everywhere Breaking news Finucane's You know Pick the Sharks Four year deal I've got to say, like, it's the great way to start a Sunday and I was fully expecting with this great news that we would get dusted by the dogs. It didn't happen and it just capped off a brilliant weekend. We signed Dale Finucane and we solidified our spot in the top eight.
1: That's it, mate. It's just it's the Sharks being in it. Oh, good, great news. Fuck, we're going to lose tonight. <laughs>
0: You you can't honestly you can't honestly turn around and say that you didn't think that a perfect Sunday was not gonna happen. We've just signed the best forward on the open market that's not a knobhead. What what's the catch? We've done a deal with the devil. Okay, four years for Fanukin, but the dogs beat us by twenty. Hey, mate,
1: I'll
0: probably take it. I I take that deal.
1: Yeah, look me too. This year, you know, it doesn't matter so much. But uh mate, next year's looking so so good.
0: Yeah, yeah, look, I, I, I almost want the season to end, obviously with us making the finals, but I want the season to end and I just want to see these guys, like, I just, I want, I want you know, I don't want the Photoshop images of Ken McInnes and, and Nico Hines and Dale Finucane. I want them, day one at training, in the, in the Sharks gear, training the house down, copping a spray off Will Chambers.
1: Yeah, perfect. Oh, mate, I'm looking forward to that. Who's an old Willie? Willie, see, mate. Have we come out on Chambers?
0: <laughs> there was there was a, there was an interesting podcast I was listening to. It was a Melbourne Storm one, and, and Craig Bellamy was on there, and he talked he talked about the impact of Will Chambers, and he said, "Look, when Will was coming back to the NRL this year, they they looked into their salary cap to see if they could squeeze him in, and because of all the upgrades and rep bonuses that were there and thereabouts, and because." You know, Nico Hines was playing more games than they thought he was going to and, the you know, they had some injuries and Harry Grant was out that they couldn't afford to bring him back. But Craig Bellamy actually said that the legacy that Will Chambers has left at the Melbourne Storm, if they win it this year, they'll probably send him a premiership ring anyway. Incredible. Now, whether that's a photo of the premiership ring and they're more giving him the bird or they actually send him a... Pre- but... Yeah, you know, that's that's the kind of player that we've got at the club now. And yes, he's a he's a prick on the field, but he, you know you just hearing these stories about Chambers now around the traps and what he's doing at Cronulla and Aiden Tolman as well. And then you're talking about Fanook and Nico Hines, Cam McInnes. We're, we're building for the you know. I just want the Fitzgibbon era to start.
1: Certainly, mate. Couldn't agree more. That the the culture shift is just everyone was so like negative. Coming into this year For good reason Those You know Those contracts we had Were fucking ridiculous We had players that You know Were playing for Newtown On 800k That's all been done Away with now Fit, You know Fafita's contract Is still the one That's going to hurt Next year But you know And
0: Wade Graham's
1: from, Of course But one from several Is humongous You know If Wade Graham comes back At anywhere near Full fitness next year Watch the fuck out Because he can play Yeah And I think I think he came in injured and, you know, a full year off might do him good. If he hasn't played a halfway through next year and comes in and leads us into a finals charge, money well spent.
0: All for it. Uh, I just want to – there was something that you touched on, um, the importance of this season and what it means going forward. You and I stressed this in the preseason. It was why we wanted a player named Benji Marshall to come and join our team because we said that it's hard to recruit when you're coming last – as opposed to if you're in the finals. Now, do you think if we're in a wooden spoon battle with the Canterbury Bulldogs, we land, we, we may land Fitzgibbon still, but you're probably adding an extra hundred k under Nico Hines' contract, and you're probably definitely paying the West Tigers contract to Dal Finnurken.
1: Absolutely, everyone becomes fifty k more expensive the lower you go yeah. down the list. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, we'll look how much the Bulldogs have had to pay for these players. Like, don't get me wrong. Brent Naden's a great centre. But considering his background, there's no fucking way he's worth the money they're giving him. They paid Matt Burton money that you pay players that have been playing the position for four or five years. Out cars on fullback money to play on the wing. Like, hey, just quietly, though, talk about the Bulldogs. Corey Norman's – Corey um, Allen probably isn't going to make that team next year. It's worth – just flicking him a message and going, "You used to be good."
0: I still think Corey Allen plays on the wing next year, and I think their centers they'll go back to the the Kotrick experiment with Brent Naden.
1: I, I think Kotrick's there. a freaky swinger, can't play center. I reckon I reckon Corey Allen might miss out. There's someone else I'm, I'm missing too because I put Allen in my projected side and got yelled down by Bulldog fans saying, no, 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 no way he'll get picked over so and so, but he was a player that we were talking a few months ago at moving hell and high water to get to play fullback.
0: Yeah, I, I can't, I can't think of anyone else that the dogs have that would would make their side. So obviously, you know, Matt Duffy's gone there to be their fullback. Um, Ato Carr's going to be in there somewhere. Kotrick's going to be in there somewhere. I dare say having a look at the uh, Naden's going to be there, and maybe Corey Allen. I mean, are they talking about Okenbohr? Are they talking about that Manu fella? I can't think of anyone else.
1: It might have been Katoa. It definitely wasn't Okenbohr because they, they don't rate him. No one rates him. It's fucking terrible
0: football. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure. I, I mean, I've still, you know, I, I really think that apart from us, the Bulldogs have got the best recruitment drive so far, um, but their team doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you and I are still sitting there going, where they, where their players going to play?
1: Like that's it. And they got they've spent so much money.
0: And and, and,
1: and like I said, you, one bad night on the drink or one bad loss, they're fucked. Like they've got seven or eight players that could be out for weeks and weeks. And all their judiciary records are bad too. Like you got Penguy Jr. Leonard on a bloke and got cited the other day. and caught like four weeks for something that's a fine because he's you know, done it so many times.
0: But you you, you t- the other thing as well is you know, these players turn up to the Bulldogs. <laughs> They've got to get through the preseason. It's not, you know, you're not, you're not worried about Nico Hines, Ken McInnes or Dal Finucane turning up, getting on the piss in the preseason and starting a, a riot. But would it surprise you come Christmas and New Year's to read a, a thing that Tavita Pangai Jr. has been charged, Paul Vaughan's messed up again, Brent Naden's messed up again, Adokar's in tari shooting guns when he shouldn't be. Like breaking COVID protocols. I, I'm, you know, I would be surprised if that happened about Dale Nukin. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened to any of the Bulldogs players bar Matt Burton.
1: Mate, this is the first time Bulldogs fans will worry about it, but Australia Day shakes as their D-Day. <laughs> Everyone knows Australia Day is where the problems happen.
0: Oh, that list of players, I'd be I'd be locking them all down. Mate new, new Year's Eve into Australia Day has got to be a dollar twenty for a bulldog's fuck up on the tab. I'm all over.
1: We'll, we'll take bets. It's gonna be fun.
0: <laughs> but this is honestly now, this is the first time in a while that I'm not worried about any Sharks player going out and getting on the piss or doing something stupid. <laughs> That's true. Can we them all go. Can, can you imagine Britton Decorer, for example, going out and getting on the piss on a Tuesday night in Cronulla and trashing a car and then having a front-up the next day and explain himself to Craig Fitzgibbon? <laughs> no.
1: Maybe at be home playing bingo with the kids.
0: No, because, I mean, you know, you could probably rock up on a Tuesday and Josh Hannay goes, what a- fuck you, and you just walk into training. But having to go and explain yourself to Fitz and then the leadership group that we're assembling for 2022, no, it's not worth it.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely it's
0: not. It's It's absolutely yeah, well, not worth yeah, it.
1: There's tomorrow on Zero Tackle. There's an article dropping that ranks the five best recruitment and retention. So I delayed it a couple of days because I've been so into the Olympics. But yeah, it's going live tomorrow, and uh, we're in the top few, mate.
0: I think I think we've got to be. I mean. In terms of making sense, we're probably number one, but in terms of actual name signings, you've probably got to have the Dogs number one just over us because they have signed some bigger names than us, but I'd still back us to finish ahead of them on the ladder next year.
1: Well, mate, they need a seven and a nine, and their number one can't tackle or play two out of three games. So... No, not too
0: worried about the bulldogs, but yes, they are. They are definitely number one. Yeah. Well, if that's it, Dan, uh, I'm going to let you get back to the Olympics, and I'm going to watch the footy. But it's not Matt Moylan this week. We've just got to howl Dale Finucan. Hal the demon.